So I got to be honest, I'm still buzzing. Still buzzing off of last night. Welcome on in. It is Jack Fritz at 6 here on Sports Radio 94 WIP. 215-592-9494 is how you get in and join the show. Still reacting to what was a really fun night, a really fun couple of nights, and what has been just a a rebirth of Phillies baseball over the last, I don't know, nine, I guess not 12 months. It's been a year since we've been back in, in, in the postseason. But really just that feeling and, and the energy and the emotion that this Phillies team just continues to to bring out of this city. And, and frankly, I think what this Phillies team has done for this city is it, just kind of created a new light as to how great Philadelphia sports fans is. I mean, for Philadelphia sports fans are Everything you talk about, everything you hear, you know, on the national shows, on on WIP, on social media, whether it's us talking about ourselves or whether it's the national media, it is just so overwhelmingly positive about who we are and and what is going on at Citizens Bank Ballpark. We talk about Jeff Passan comparing it to an SEC like atmosphere. I mean, it has been a a special raucous. Uh, almost party-like atmosphere. Has there been tense moments? Of course. Game one was close. Uh, yesterday was was close for a little bit before the start home run. But when there's a uh, a chance to party, there is there is no rather, a better place than than being at Citizens Bank Park. I've been there the last two nights. It is it, it's been jumping. And yesterday, with a chance to uh, you know clinch and create a a postseason series against the Braves once again, the fans showed up. The players showed up. And they look like a different baseball team. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. And what we have is we have a a date with the Atlanta Braves. Only five game series, not seven. Um, starts off Saturday six oh seven down in Atlanta. Probably Ranger Suarez in the mound. Should be Ranger Suarez in the mound. Although maybe go Chris Sanchez. Struck out ten Braves uh, earlier this year. But regardless, we're gonna get this whole thing started, and it. It really has the feel of a throwback sports hate with this Braves team. Like, we know Eagles-Cowboys, Eagles-Giants, even though, eh. I mean, we, we, we kill the Giants. Commanders kill the Commanders. Eagles-Cowboys, more evenly mixed, but it feels like we haven't had the two teams at full strength match up in a while. Phillies-Braves is real. And, and those guys, while great players... I hate them. I hate Acuna. I hate Albies. I hate Olsen. I hate Riley. Like, they're the worst. The, the, the Braves are the absolute worst. So what has me so geeked up and has me so excited is that this doesn't really feel like last year. Like, last year was a lot of house money with Phillies Braves. Phillies was like, wow, this is crazy. We're here. We're in the playoffs. This is so fun. We get a home playoff game. Like, that was the goal of last year was get a home playoff game because we haven't experienced it in, in damn near a decade. This year, it's totally different, and the idea of this being a house money series is totally off the table because, for me, I'm not heading into this Braves series with the hope that they beat the Braves. I head into this Braves series with the expectation that they're going to beat the Braves. Yes, is it raising the, the, the standard and raising the, um, you know, the intensity level for a Phillies-Braves series? Sure. But I think this team is built for that. And I think this time around, like losing to the Braves, that's not just okay now. These two have been very, very similar since about you know June 2nd when they put Kyle Schwarber in the leadoff spot. If you want to go to August 1st, they have the same amount of home runs. Like these two teams have essentially been on a collision course. And, and, and personally, I think the Phillies are are the second best team in the National League. I respect the Dodgers. They win 100 games every year, and they usually bow out. Um, you know, th- they have major pitching concerns. The the lineup, Freeman, amazing. Mookie, amazing. Other than that, like Will Smith, Max Muncy, the Schwarber of the West, I'm not afraid of the Dodgers. It's the Braves. The Braves are standing in the way of the Phillies going back to the World Series. And I'm not at the point of hoping they beat the Braves. I expect the Phillies to go down there and split. I expect it to come back here in a raucous atmosphere. I'll take a split at home. I would love a sweep, obviously. Um, But I can't guarantee that. And if it gets to a game five in Atlanta, I'm not going to be nervous. Because I trust this Phillies team. And it's good to be back at that spot. 215-592-9494 
94-94. Do you more hope or do you expect the Phillies to beat the Braves? I'm now expecting it. And, you know, you start breaking down the matchup. Offenses, of course, we know how good Acuna is. We know how good Olsen is. We know how good Albies is. Phillies have been just as good since August 1st. I mean, it's it's the reality of the situation. So while they have their stars, we have our stars. Bryce Harper, essentially a non-factor in the Marlins series. That's not a Bryce Harper series. That's a that's a right-handed bat series. And, and JT Realmuto stepped up in that scenario. Bryson Stott, yes, I know he's a lefty. He stepped up. Like, it wasn't all riding on Bryce's shoulders. But you know that guy's getting hot. You know, you know Bryce Harper is going to have a moment here. And you know that as the stakes get higher, we got our guy on our side that is going to go out and do his thing. So you look at, you know, the stars in the series and the matchups from that standpoint. Offenses, the, the, the 1927 Yankees that apparently the Braves are, the Phillies have been pretty much just as good for about a two-month sample size here. I, I factor that in more than what they did in, in May and June and, and April. Like, how are you playing recently? And recently, recently, these two teams are are very, very similar. And then you get to the pitching staffs. Like, the pitching staff, it's not being talked about enough what is going on with, with this Braves pitching staff. Max Freed, blister. Might not be able to – he'll be out there. How effective is he going to be? I mean, we know that these, these, these blisters can be bad. He pitched with a, a – uh, uh, he pitched with a, uh, a freaking – what is a Band-Aid. <laughs> I don't know why I couldn't think of Band-Aid. Good work, good work. Yeah, we've we rebounded. We've rebounded. Uh, he pitched with a Band-Aid on yesterday. He's not going to be He's not gonna be able to get it fixed until after the season. So you have a compromised Max Freed. Charlie Morton, who has been you know one of the better big game pitchers in the sport here for a little while, outside of last year when he got hit with the baseball, uh, he's out for this series. It's Bryce Elder. It's Kyle Wright. It's Spencer Strider. Like That's what we got to go against. And when you have Wheeler pitching the way that he's pitching, you have Nola, who feels like he has turned a corner here. I mean, the Phillies have the advantage on the starting pitching side, and that's not even getting to the bullpens. And this Phillies bullpen, while three weeks ago they looked like the biggest question mark heading into the season, they've righted the ship here as well. I know it's the Marlins, but even now they're pitching before that. Uh, Kimbrell, sure, he's a bit of a question mark, but who knows what a Ryan Kirkering can be. It's, this is going to be a freaking bloodbath. But the expectation is to go down there and win. It's no longer, eh, gee willikers, I hope they can beat the Braves. It's expectations. 215-592-9494. And the final thing here before we go to the phones and continue to react to the Marlins series is that Braves team and and really just how I feel like they're, 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 they're shook with this Phillies team. There's no way that they were watching these series or watching this Marlins series and thinking, man, can't wait to be in that environment. And I think just to set the stage here and just to really remind you of how this Braves team feels about this Phillies team, I've got two things I want to play for you. First, it's Spencer Strider, who, I don't know, a week and a half ago, two weeks ago, came out and said this for absolutely no reason. Do you have any hot sports takes? Any hot sports takes? Absolutely, there should be no fans. 2020 season, no fans. Get rid of the fans. It's too loud. Too loud. It's too okay. loud. Everybody, be quiet. We don't. We don't need the, the cheering. We know you're watching. Wow. I don't need a fence. Uh, you, you stay outside the stadium. You, I mean, back it up. <laughs> Let's do like a no lower bowl thing. No lower you know? bowl. Okay. Just kind of. You know, yeah. yeah upper deck's like great. Upper deck's great. Outfield phenomenal. Well, we don't, we don't we, need you around the dugouts. Right. Just, just try and be quiet. Listen, is he? A lot of Braves fans are saying, "Oh, he's just being sarcastic." If a good joke is one that has some truth to it. That's that's what I believe. And I believe last year at Citizens Bank Park, when he was hearing chants of, like, Spencer, Spencer, he wasn't a fan of that. And there is no way that in game four, if it comes down to that, that he's going to be able to come in here and just handle this normally. I don't think he's looking forward to it. And when their ace is a question mark in, in a game at Citizens Bank Park, I love that for the Phillies. And the second is what Brian Snicker said after the games down there in Atlanta, I don't know, two and a half weeks ago. Here's Brian Snicker talking about playing the Phillies. It's um, what you expect coming in here. I mean, this team scares me as as much as any team in the game, quite honestly. The firepower and what they got and... You know, as we saw right there, I mean, it's they got a strike left. They're dangerous. And, um, 
So, you know, it's kind of when you come in and play good teams like this, it's you expect it to not be easy, and it never is. Now, the Phil's lost three or four that series, and I think that threw people off the scent of like, oh, well, the Braves still have our number. Listen, those those games were coin flips, the first three games. For the fourth game was uh, a bit of a laugher in the Braves' favor. Um, but that was a close series. A couple games went to extras, and the Phillies hung with them. The Phillies have a winning record down in Truist Park this year. That's something that <laughs> I never thought I'd see again in my entire life. So I, I, I like that it feels like the Braves are just a little bit nervous about having to come play the Phillies. Maybe they're they're buttering them up and and just be and, and just you know singing the praise of the Phillies so it lets the Phillies guard down. I don't believe that they they held a freaking fake scrimmage yesterday and invited fans in to, to try to simulate. I guess what Citizens Bank Park will be like. I mean, it's not even going to be in the same stratosphere. That ballpark with the amount of people that are are telling us. And saying to us how special and how much of a difference maker we are is only empowering us more. And I hate to keep breaking it down to the fans matter because, you know, I think in some instances it gets a little overrated. Not with this Phillies team and not at that ballpark and not how those players feed off of the energy from the players or from the fans in that ballpark. It's a special time. It's a special place. And the expectation is to beat the Braves. It's not hope. It's not G. Willikers. I can't wait to see what happens. This is about going and beating a Braves team that you beat last year and getting and putting yourself fully on the map. That's the expectation. 215-592-9494. Buzz, do you more hope they beat the Braves, or do you believe that this baseball team is going to go down there and beat this Braves team? Well, they don't call me Buzzkill for nothing, right? Gotta be here the, we go. Got to be the voice of reason around here. Gotta- when you call in, make sure you boo Dan Wilson when he picks up the phone. Is that the first time a host has encouraged booing the producer in station history? Probably. Probably. Um, listen, I am very hopeful the Phillies can beat the Braves. Oh, I here think, we go. I think they can oh, my beat gosh. the Atlanta Braves. But I would be lying to you if I said I would expect it. They are the biggest underdogs in the division series, I believe, for a reason, right? This is a team that a couple weeks ago, I think I was on with you, after they got killed by Spencer Strider again, and I understand that pitching in a playoff environment at Citizens Bank Park is different. I understand that a five-game series versus a regular season game just in general is different. But this offense for the Atlanta Braves, yes, their pitching staff uh, is a little banged up right here. Their offense still scares me a ton. If there is one game where the Phillies offense can't go toe-to-toe with them, it could easily swing the other way. And I think the idea... I think a lot of people are in your camp. They expect them to beat the Atlanta Braves. Nothing indicated to me more what the vibe of this fan base is right now than yesterday. I think it was the midday show did a, you know, their entire show was, do you trust Darren Nola? And like 80% people said yes. Those are the same people who, you know, start after start after start all summer long were like, I don't trust this guy. I don't want him starting game two. I wouldn't even give him a playoff start. And the fact that Aaron Nola went out there yesterday and pitched so well, while great, I think has actually driven this fan base into a little bit of delusion in wow. believing that they can do anything and believing that they will do anything. I don't think there's a – you could put them against the murderer's row Yankees right now, and I think people would pick them to, be, to win 8 out of 10. Come on, the Yankees are playing that atmosphere. I know, the, the murderer's row Yankees, you're right, never played at CBP, the best home field advantage in the history of sports. The Phillies absolutely have a chance here, oh. but, that, but you are underselling the Atlanta Braves and the talent they have if you say you expect it. And by the way, I've never heard you tell a bigger lie than saying you would not be nervous for a Game 5 in Atlanta. You would be – well, of course I'm being nervous. Well, but you I, said but you wouldn't I, be nervous. But I have I have faith in them. I'm nervous about everything. I was nervous in game one. I was pacing around. Like game two, I was actually shockingly unnerved. I didn't have much. This was as far as playoff series goes, probably nerves like relatively low. Yeah, they won was, two games pretty comfortably. It was pretty it was a lot like the uh uh Eagles Giants this year. It was like yeah. Eagles Giants to pretty much kick your feet up and just kick your feet up and see in two and a half hours. See and they're gonna win the game. They there was a great atmosphere. Red October's back, people are feeling the high. Because champagne's popping because they beat the Marlins. The Atlanta Braves are a completely different team, even with their pitching staff banged up. 215-592-9494. When you call in, boo Dan Wilson when he picks up the phone because he hates the Philadelphia Phillies. Mike kicks us off tonight in Sewell. What's happening, Mike? Hey, hello. How are you? Good, man. What do you got? Do you expect to beat this Braves team or do you hope to beat this Braves team? Yes, I have a confession. I have a prediction and a final prediction. 
I'm a former Braves fan from the early 90s. What happened? Believe it or not. What happened? Well, here's what happened. How I got hooked on baseball was in the 90s, early 90s, the Braves went from last to first, and their biggest competition was the Pittsburgh Pirates with Barry Bonds, Bobby Bonilla, Tim Wakefield. It was such a classic that they sold me as a, a Braves fan. And I live in the Delaware Valley. Right, but you're not so, doing that anymore, right? You knocked that uh, nonsense no, no, off? No, 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 no. What happened was in 95, when baseball went on strike, I walked away from it. And I said, that's it, I'm done. So it took my son who got me converted to a Phillies fan, and he did it really smart back in 2019. Took me to my first Phillies game uh, back in 2019, opening day, and I've been a fan ever since. And my prediction, and I've been following the Phillies now for four years, they will beat the Braves. The Braves have technically have been the cream of the crop and the farm system, everything. And I could go down the line with Bobby Cox, Tommy Glavin, mm-hmm. John Schmoltz, Greg Maddox. They all had greats. Chipper Jones, Andre Jones. But this Phillies team is built to win today. Bang. And there is not one person on that team I can pick out as my favorite because each Philly is unique, and each one has a special quality. And I see that they're having fun. They're playing together. I actually went to the game Tuesday night with my son and his fiance uh-huh. and her father, and i never seen nothing like it in my life. Yeah, it's that- wild, Mike, and I appreciate the call. That's been the main takeaway, I feel like, from a lot of people that, you know, if you didn't get to, get, if you didn't get to go down last year and you heard all offseason, like, man, CBP in October was special, like loudest atmosphere, most crazy atmosphere. I hope you got down the first uh, two games of the playoffs because it was like we just transported right back into that into that mindset, right back into that ballpark, and we're gonna do this thing again. And and the fans believe that. And and the big difference for me between this year's Phillies team and last year's Phillies team is just how much different and how much more confident this team looks. Like. In the beginning of September, they were starting to do that nonsense where it, it seemed like they were going to back their way in. And coming down the stretch or, or whatever, it was like they're going to make the playoffs, but they're not going to inspire much uh, confidence in the fan base. And then they went out to St. Louis, and I thought that Friday night, even though the, the, the Cardinals stink, it was, a, it was a tight game where some of their guys that make big pitches. I mean, Alvarado had a pitch out of a jam. Kimbrell had a pitch out of a jam. Nola was on the road, and it was kind of teetering. And the Phils went out there, hung a four spot in the first, ended up making it a close game because that's what they do. And I just I saw a different kind of flip being switched. Um, and they've really carried that over. They went to Atlanta, took two or three. Then they won seven straight. And they look like a, a professional, we're a damn good baseball team, rather than this is fun, look at being in the postseason. And that's been the biggest difference between this year's team and last year's team. They know how to win. They're figuring out how to win. They're a well-built team, and Aaron Nola looks like he's back to being the Aaron Nola that was one of the best pitchers in baseball for a long time. 215-592-9494. Are you more more in the camp of this Phillies team? You hope they beat the Braves, or do you expect they beat the Braves? I'm in the camp where I expect this baseball team to make us proud, go down to Atlanta, split there before returning home, and giving this fan base what we want to see. Dan Wilson is in the Hope Camp. When you call in, make sure you boo him because he deserves it. 215-592-9494 is how you get in. We'll get to all your phone calls on the other side, including what to watch for and a whole lot more. It's Fritz at 6. We're still buzzing after the Phils beat the Marlins last night at Citizens Bank Park and face the Braves on Saturday down in Atlanta. We'll get to all your phone calls coming up next here on Sports Radio 94 WIP. Snap into the action this NFL season with FanDuel in partnership with Valley Forge Casino, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. FanDuel Sportsbook is the official partner 
of 94 WIP. I really like the FanDuel app. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and much, much more. So visit FanDuel.com slash Fritz and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Yeah, nothing better than a little CBP roar. Bryson Stott last night. Being in the park for that was a uh, certainly a fun one. Um, you know, it was one of those ones where you kind of knew right off the bat. You could hear the, the popping. Um, it's interesting. So we we stand outside 126, and we have, like, the, you know, the, the I guess, roof over us. So, like, it kind of subdues the noise a little bit because we're on the concourse. I wanted to make sure I got out, like, into almost the, uh, the stairwell for that. Ears immediately started ringing, like just a, a different level of noise. And I know it's like, I guess it's like patting ourselves on the back in a way, keeping talking about how the atmosphere is so special down there. But it's like, it's just so captivating and and mesmerizing when you're a part of it. Like when you're a part of it and you're down there and like no one's really fighting. It's just it's just a party atmosphere. And you look around and you see all the red rally towels just just going around like it's just you can't help but be be caught up in it and it's different than the link like the the link's great but it's it's just more spread out like it doesn't feel like you're as on top of the players as you are at Citizens Bank Park like it's just different and when the Flyers get going in the Wells Fargo Center like I feel like you could feel fans like on top of the players that's what Citizens Bank Park is right now and it's it is interesting because I don't remember this like as much from 07 to 11 where it was just like every single conversation was about how cool Citizens Bank Park was. Um, it was, I mean, obviously like a, a special, unbelievable time, but it feels like everything around the Phillies right now and the discourse around them has to do with that ballpark and that atmosphere. And Jeff Passan, um, not only compared it to an SEC school, but he said he talked to a, a Diamondbacks player, and he's like, man, am I glad we didn't have to go there? And, like, I don't blame him. The Diamondbacks had to go to freaking Milwaukee. Like, you can get Milwaukee Brewers tickets for $27 where you're paying like 150 for, for for Phillies Marlins tickets. I just – it's different. And when this city gets behind a baseball team, it's a special place to play. And I'm not ready for it to end anytime soon. And, and that's why the expectation is to go down there and beat the Braves, not just on Saturday, but in this series. And, and I'm not in the camp of, of hoping that happens, but I believe it will happen. And I expect that to happen. And that's a fun spot to be in. As a fan, where it's like you got two teams, pretty much mano a mano at these at this point. They face each other a good amount during the regular season. Phillies had a good record down in Truist Park. Braves had a good record here at Citizens Bank Park. They've been, uh, you know, pretty much similar offenses for about two months now. the The Braves are dealing with some injuries, and the Phillies' two aces look like they're back to being their aces. I can't wait to see what Ranger looks like. I think Ranger's going to start Game One. Wouldn't be totally surprised if it's Chris Sanchez. He struck out 10 Braves, um, you know, a couple weeks ago. So I, I think it'll be Ranger, but it could be Chris Sanchez. Um, Ranger did go to the bullpen the other night, you know, or he went to the bullpen last night in the fourth or whatever. So um, either way, it's Saturday, 6.07. Cannot wait for it to get started. Seth is in media. What's happening, Seth? What's happening, guys? How are you? Boo to Boo, Dan. Boo, Dan. Boo buzz. Boo. <laughs> uh, <laughs> So it's interesting that Spencer Strider said what he said about, you know, take the fans out, you know, and, and trying to say it like tongue in cheek, but I have a response for him. You know what I think needs to go next year in baseball? Hipster mustaches that come from the 1920s. Yeah, he looks like a dork. I, we we he, can't let that come into Citizens Bank Park and beat this. You know what? It'd be awesome if everybody had the fake mustache if he does come in there. And, and they're just, you know, the same way that we taunted Kimbrell when he came, when everybody was behind home plate with the arm up. Like, just big, ridiculous mustaches everywhere. Well, what I hope um, happens, Seth, is I hope that that video is played on the uh, on the big board down at Citizens Bank Park. You know? Yeah. And just yeah, get that place even more uh, riled up. Yeah, let him have it. Let him let him really have it because we all know who he was talking about when he said that. You know what I mean? He's, he, they're talking about us. We, we're the we're the talk and the toast of the town right now, and with good reason. Uh, this fan the, the fan base really got behind this team, and it's really really exciting. Um, I, I am slightly you know slightly concerned. I expect them to win. Uh, especially the way that they're playing and the Braves being banged up. But make no mistake about it. I mean, this is like, you know, in, in years past, like, you know, uh, Eagles games, you're walking into Dallas, you're like, oh, we're going to smoke them. You know, I like your take on it. I think they, they do split down in Atlanta. And then, you know, it's possible they could take two here. 
you know, but it's uh, I'm definitely a little trepidatious about it for sure. Yeah, I mean the Braves um, are the Braves are a great team. Like it's not it's not out of you know blind hatred for the Braves. Like I I can give it up to them, but the way the Phillies are playing right now, the injuries that the Braves are dealing with, and just this whole kind of weird fear thing they're they're putting in our minds, it just it feels like. This is going to be one of those Phillies go steal a series from the Braves, and the Braves are left standing there like, oh, bleep, it happened again. Yeah, and I think back in like, you know, in mid-July, early August, you know, we may may have said, you know, yeah, the, the Phillies aren't beating the Braves. But with the way they're playing now, I mean, like I said this last year, you know, after after they went down, was that this team is it is built for the playoffs. These These guys, these guys are absolute studs, and I expect them to crush it. Yeah, and I appreciate the call, Seth. And, you know, what you said there about two months ago, you would not have said the Phillies would beat the Braves. And I was I'm, I was totally there with you. Like, I, my whole mindset with this Phillies season was like, last year was magical. It's going to be really hard to recreate that. Will they be able to recreate that? And, like, do I believe they're going to be able to get in and it's just going to be like last year all over again? No. But then the first two games of the Marlins series, it's like, no, it's just the same. It's just what we do. It's just what we do. We get in the, into the postseason. Citizens Bank Park becomes a jungle, and the Phillies win at home. And, you know, also the Phillies were a totally different ball club two months ago, uh, two and a half months ago, three months ago. Like, they, they, how they're playing right now is much closer to, I think, how they were designed in the offseason. I mean, this is the team that was designed to outslug teams. That was, that was, that had a a potent offense that up and down the lineup, it's just star after star after star after star. And yeah, Reese was a part of that. Unfortunately, he wasn't able to to be here. But um, like you you had so much stars, so many stars in this lineup that they were going to carry you. And what they've done since August first is is carry them. Now during that time period, the starting staff up and down bullpen went through a definite down period. But how they're they're playing right now is is how they were designed. The offense is really good. You have some question marks about the rotation. And the bullpen has a bunch of power arms that if you get into a postseason game where it gets a little bit chillier, not sure sure guys are going to be thrilled going up there seeing 100 or 98. I mean, everyone down there, I believe, throws 95-plus at this point. Like, it's a, it's a souped-up power pen. Could that come back and bite them? Sure. Do they start walking a lot of people? Maybe. Um, but we've seen power bullpens come in and, and dominate in in October over the last couple of years. Like they are just they're they're peaking at the right time. They're playing the game that they want to play at the right time. And I, I I just like the fact that the Braves have a, a good amount of time off. They clinched like with three weeks left to go in the season and have haven't had to play a uh, a big game since. It's hard to go from that mindset of kick your feet up don't get hurt heading into the postseason to bang 607 on Saturday night. It's go time. Like it is hard to to flip that switch. And I I just I, I like where this team's at. And the Phillies really butted him up too with that graphic three weeks ago, congratulating him on winning him the East. I know? brought that up last night. you know, a that lot was of people, a strategic move. I agree. A lot of people were mad at the Phillies for that. I think they did that on purpose. No, I, I agree with you. I think there's a little strategy to that. Of course. And they I think they wanted the picture of Cassianos looking at it, and they wanted the idea that the Phillies took that personally. And they they took the 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 Braves celebrating on our home turf. And they're looking for revenge on that. I, I, I thought it was a strategic move. Matt's in Orland. What's happening, Matty? Hey, what's going on, Jack? So I, I have a couple points to make. I want to talk about today's Phillies, and I want to talk about 08. Today's Phillies, I, I think what you're experiencing is, is exuberance. Always. Uh, I, 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 you know, so, so we need, you know, hubris is a dangerous thing. We need to, to really, we need to re- you know, have a healthy respect for this Atlanta squad. Well, I, I do have that. Series. I, I have, you, I have you respect really for that. You really got to respect that you're looking at a historical player at 4070. Yep. And I know you in history, you don't necessarily jive with all that, but, <laughs> you know, when you, I'm an older dog than you, have been through more battles, you got to respect these numbers. These Braves are dangerous. They are. And, and, they're, and, they're, and they're pissed off because last year was an embarrassment. So we really need to respect that. Now, I also want to talk about this – this idea that these crowds are something more than, than we were back in the 7-11 to 11 run. We used to rock that place. Mm-hmm. 
And, and, and the reason why we have red towels now is because we had so many white towels going that we, teams couldn't even handle it. They had so to change we, the rule. Yeah, they had to change the rule. And I'm part of the Game 5 family that was there. And, you know, when you're crying and hugging some dude next to you that you don't even know, I mean, that place, we blew the roof off of that place. So I love these crowds now. Maybe it's better mics. Maybe it's social media. But, uh, you know, yeah, shout, out and, to, and, shout out to all the Game 5 family out there. <laughs> no, and I'm with you. Like, it's not it's not disrespecting those crowds. I just think, I feel like for some reason it's been talked about way more now. And maybe that's because yeah. we saw – maybe it's because a whole generation of people, because it was, again, 11 years since we experienced it again, um, are just like, wow, this is pretty crazy and don't truly remember what it was like from 07 to 11. Uh, and I'll give them that. And, and I say welcome to the party because it's, it's a unique place in Philadelphia and we know how to do it. And, uh, Jack, I appreciate everything you've done for the radio station and this town. Thanks, buddy. So. I appreciate you. I mean, listen, I, I'm, I'm not it's, – it's not a very hard formula. Like, I, I love the Phillies. I love talking about the Phillies. Like, they are – I consider them a, a part of my family. Uh, tough when necessary. But they are, I think they're the greatest. And this this last two Octobers and what they did in the Marlins series and, and seeing how people have just gotten fired up and revved up about the Phillies again, it makes me so happy. Yeah, let's talk about your little trip down to the clubhouse last night, too. You looked like you were... Uh... I was going down as an objective... Oh, sure. ...journalist. I heard you were a little nervous to go in, too. Yeah, no, I was. I made Seltzer walk in first, because I don't know if you've ever met James Seltzer, but uh, not afraid to walk into a room. No, he's not. Yeah. Was he, like... Extra sultry and loud, even in the clubhouse. No, he was fine. He was good. I thought he was going to be like, God, like, you know, he was more, he was more reserved. But I wanted him to go first because, like, I'm not a great icebreaker guy, you know. So I, I needed my, you know, my wingman with me for sure. Now, like a, I feel like that's disrespectful. You're like a little James kid who needs their dad to go in for sure. It sounds like. Yeah, no, I don't want to do it by myself. Yeah, no, I would. If it was just me, I'm not going to the clubhouse. I needed seltzer. But you needed seltzer to go in. Yes, get your, you know, kind of. Break the wall down, and then yes. you got Diego, the team translator, spraying Budweiser on you and saying, uh, "You guys save the season." Yes, that was it. Was wild. It was it was really cool. I mean, like, like I, I just it wasn't anything crazy. I just wanted to go down and see what it was like. Like I hadn't been in the clubhouse yet, and um, like Murph and those guys. It was a long post game show because they're doing a bunch of interviews with players, and uh, we knew that, so like we had time to kill, and we kind of just turned each other and said, "Should we go to the clubhouse?" And why not? Why not? I mean, the, the credential works to get in. I see all the other media members down there, and yeah, we just we just went in, and um, it was a couple of you know Phillies brass recognized us, and it was uh, it was certainly wild, and one that uh, and that I won't for, forget for a while. Now I hope, you know, game four here, they beat Strider, they take the series, they do another celebration yeah, down there, and you because, become a regular. In well, the because I, I would do it completely differently. First off, I'm going down way earlier. Like we were late yesterday, so I missed. We missed a lot of the. the you know, Trey wasn't yeah, there. Yeah, it was your first time. You're not a veteran. Yet. Exactly, not experienced at Trey all. Trey wasn't there by the time you got there. No, no, oh, he left out. I know it was soul crushing. I really, oh. had, I had big visions, Dan. I had big visions. Of- What's he doing leaving the celebration early? Well, he might have been. He might have been on the field. Like so, I think. Like, but he never came back in. From what he you never guys saw? came back in. Interesting. Yeah. So he was on the field. Uh, I saw him at Xfinity later. It's not like he had somewhere to be. Yeah. Well, maybe he got over to Xfinity a little early. A, yeah. little, a little early to keep the party going. Uh, Bryce wasn't there, so it, it was kind of you know more scattered at that point. So either way, definitely something I will uh, you know not forget and hope to do it. In the NLDS. Yeah, it's the, a week from now. Yeah, let's do it again. Let's do it again. Party down at Citizens Bank Park. Uh, let's go to Tony in Oregon. What's happening, Tony? Hey, guys. So, first off, thank you for taking my call. First-time caller. Very recent listener. Uh, dad's side of the family from Burlington County. And I didn't realize that I could just tune in to the Odyssey app and catch you guys whenever I want. Oh, man, that's uh, beautiful. I, I thought I was all in before. Um, now I'm listening to Whip. Uh, I don't know, ten hours a day. So uh, <laughs> that's a lot of WIP. It, it is, man, and I don't know if it's a good or a bad thing. Anyway, it's I a just, good thing. Uh, I have a couple quick points and then a question. Uh, point number one: Just because you asked us to do it, Dan, boo. Also, thank you again for taking my call. Number two: um, The Phillies, the product that they've got right now, between their pitchers, their bullpen, everybody seems to be sort of hitting their stride right now, and I think. And I'm not going to repeat all the points that you've said, but we could go toe to toe with pretty much any organization in Major League Baseball right now, and I think we got a good shot. Um, I'm not hopeful. I'm not confident. 
I'm a nervous wreck, and I think that most true Philly fans are feeling the same way. Yeah, I'm definitely like, listen, when Saturday at 6.07 comes around, this bravado that, uh, that I'm showing tonight is going to be wiped away because the, the intensity and the nerves and the pressure of playoff baseball, especially against a team that we hate, it's just it's so much different. It's why game one of the of this series against the Marlins, like I was a pretty nervous wreck because I couldn't I, I wouldn't want to exist in a world where they lost a home playoff series to the Marlins. So they got one out of the way and I was like, it, it'd be very hard for the for the Marlins to come in here and take two more. So um yeah, when when six oh seven rolls around Saturday, I'll be a nervous wreck. But I just this Phillies team has a different feel to them. And like last year I was more hope they beat the the Braves and it turned into they beat the Braves and it was a party. The difference this year, this time around, is that it's way more. I expect them to beat the Braves. I, I I totally agree with you, and that sort of is a kind of a nice segue into my next question. So, you know, I, I get as much content as I can being out here in Oregon. Um, you know, whenever we see the boys in the dugout, they all seem to be vibing all the time. They seem to love each other. One question I have: um, Nick Castellanos, who my aunt has affectionately named Sleazy because of his complete unwillingness to button more than two buttons on his jersey, which I love and it seems to be catching on. Yeah, I mean, but, Rojas is now, uh, he's loosening up his buttons as well. It's, 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 awesome. it's a thing. So the, my question is, you know, with the exception of Nick, everybody seems to be super vibing together. And sometimes Nick just seems like he's almost too cool for school. And I'm curious to get a local's perspective. Is that ever discussed? Is there any question about, that team chemistry with Nick because he's a baller and we all know that. But I'm I'm just curious what what you guys are seeing because you guys have obviously a lot more access than I do. Right, Tony, and I appreciate the call. Nick Nick Castellanos is one of the leaders on this team, and um, it, it's not something I, I really expected when they signed Nick Castellanos because I thought the the perception was just goes out there uh, is kind of isolated in a way. Like it's just it just he goes out there hits and. Um, you know, there was not big leadership talk about Nick Castellanos in Cincinnati, Detroit, his, his stint in Chicago. He kind of just was Nick Castellanos. Like, he just went out there, batted fourth on most of those teams, and and kind of did his thing. But, I mean, if you've heard him talk about Reese Hoskins, you know, saying that he almost teared up when he threw the first pitch because of what that guy means to the city. You, you talk about Johan Rojas and the, the kind of bond that they have formed and how Nick Castellanos has, has gotten – Johan to be more comfortable and and be more of himself. I mean, I I know he has like a a bit of like a standoffish, I guess, presence, but it's also he's just that guy. Like he he, he last year he talked about this is the jungle. He, he he said to John Clark after game one, I believe, like it's Red October and we're coming. There was a, a Matt Galbro an article with him talking about how he wanted to be a Marlin so bad, and at the end of it, he said, now they're in the way. Like, I love that stuff, and I, I know he seems a bit standoffish when you hear him talk or you see interviews or you saw, like, after they clinched and he's talking to T-Mac how he didn't learn anything this year. Like, that's kind of just Nick Castellanos, and, um, but everything you read, everything you hear, um, he, is, he is very much one of the leaders on this baseball team, and especially for the young guys. I mean, I think about last year with Bohm when he did I, I, I Bleep and Hate This Place, Nick Castellanos was the first one to come over. Like, listen, I struggled. I, I was a third baseman that couldn't field either. Um, and, you know, it, it's all about persevering and bouncing back. So Nick Castellanos is a great leader. Now he's giving the ring finger to his friends like he's in fifth grade. I know. You know? It's, it's, I know. I, mean, I know you. I mean, you were, oh, you were a, a huge ring finger. I was finger. a big ring finger guy. Oh, you thought you were so and Every edgy. teacher would come over like, hey, what are you doing? I'm like, ah, oh, that's my ring finger. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, not the middle finger. It's not the one. <laughs> Exactly. boo boo. Yeah, Nick Castellanos is still doing it. Yeah. Talk about Scooby Doo. Oh man. Like he's, he's, he's a got, big kid. He's a big kid. It's exactly what he is. Aren't we all just big kids on the inside? Yeah, listen, like LA always says, you know, you can be you get older, but you can be immature forever, right? Is that is that Yeah, you, you something like that. Something like that. To that effect. I don't say it as as beautifully as as Larry as Anderson. Larry Anderson. Does. Um but yeah, still. Uh Nick Castellanos is definitely, definitely a big part of the leadership of this team. Let's get to what to watch for. Sponsored by Xfinity Mobile, the sponsor of WIP's Xfinity Mobile Lounge. Discover the nation's best-kept secret and switch to Xfinity Mobile now with the best price for two lines of unlimited. And what I'm watching for is not anything that's on TV tonight. We will have Commander's Bears coming up here on uh, on WIP starting at 7.30. But what I'm watching for is the Olympics next year, 2024. And Joel Embiid announcing today that 
he's going to play for Team USA. He was thinking about playing for France. Then he remembered Rudy, Rudy Gobert was on the team, and he said, I'm good. Um, he was thinking about playing for Cameroon, but I'm, he's probably not sure if they're going to qualify. Um, and he decided to, to, to lace him up for Team USA. And there's a couple things here that I find just interesting and what I can't – I'm trying to decide which I believe is more true. James Harden is coming back for this year. Probably that's it. Um, you know, if he, if he plays after this year here, I, I'm not a huge fan of that. He's back at training camp. He is uh, apparently looks like he's in good shape, very committed, wants to be there. We'll see how long that lasts. I'm trying to decide if I think that Joel Embiid is a part of Team USA and signed up to play for Team USA because he wants to find his next star next to him and recruit his next star, which is something that he has struggled with. I mean, Joel Embiid has been a great player here. Obviously, he's not got, got this team past the second round, but he also hasn't done a great job of recruiting and keeping star teammates here. You know, Butler, he talks about, oh, I was so upset when Butler left. I don't remember you, you know, creating any kind of problems there saying you better keep Butler here or I'm out. Um, ben Simmons, we know what happened there. James Harden, I mean, like he's back now, but we'll see for how long. Like it's important in in the modern NBA to be able to be a recruiter. And and Joel Embiid, I think, likes being the villain in a way. Um, so him him being on Team USA, maybe it's him realizing I need to be a recruiter and I need to, I need someone to come with me in Philadelphia if I'm gonna be in big games through my mid-30s. So there's that aspect of what I believe he could be doing by joining Team USA. But the scary aspect is, is he looking to be recruited? Is Joel Embiid going on Team USA looking to be wooed? Do you have Steve Kerr as the coach? Do you have Steph Curry being on the team, being like, hey, Joel, you want to extend my prime? Come to Golden State. We'll try to facilitate some kind of trade or or, or something like that. So I, I think there's more to the Joel Embiid choosing to play for Team USA than is just like, wow, that's cool. Joel Embiid's going to be playing in the Olympics. There's always an ulterior motive, especially in the modern NBA. And if I had my gut on it, I still think it's he's going there to recruit his next star because James Harden is not a long-term option here. But there's a part of me and there's a, a feeling in the back of my head that is thinking, is he going there to be recruited? And that's a concern here. For the Sixers. Buzz, what do you think about that? Well, did you see LeBron had to come out because he's got to speak on everything and said, just to be clear, I did not look, recruit uh, Joel Embiid because LeBron has appointed himself captain and apparently he thinks no one could possibly want to play for Team USA unless he recruited him. Oh, nice. So, so that was kind of nice. I, so I'm well, glad LeBron is on the record with that. LeBron also said that, or LeBron also tweeted at the New Heights podcast and wants to go yeah, on. Yeah, he wants to go on as like a Northeast Ohio kind of deal. Oh, yeah. Just a kid from Akron. Just a kid from Akron along with Travis. And, yeah. 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 Travis Kelsey starts dating Taylor Swift. Oh, all of a sudden he's here's taking, LeBron. He's taking the attention away from LeBron and the national limelight. He's got to get on. Gosh, yeah. What a guy. What, what a, a guy. He's a genius. He's a genius. Uh, no, I agree. I think this is. This is an interesting move by Joel Embiid. Also, like it's so much, it's so much more than just oh, neat. He's going to play for Team USA. Like there is, there is another motive here. I think there. What I found interesting listening to the press conference today is that I think he would have wanted to play for Cameroon. There's just the fact of the matter is they're not going to make it. Well, it's just going to be him. It's just going to be him and nobody else. And he actually like <laughs> actually wants to win something and maybe get out of the second round of some tournament. Well, listen, if they can't win with him on Team USA, there's a problem. We might have an issue. Here. We might have a real. If he can't win the gold medal. Or even like get to the finals. That's going to be a real issue. I mean, who could forget the last time a Sixer star was the one of the main players on an Olympic team? Two thousand four, when we couldn't get past Allen Iverson. And they, yeah, and then they had to come back with the Redeem team. Yeah, and the all Redeem that. team. We got a documentary about how they blew out Spain by however many. Listen, the Redeem team is better than the Dream team, but well, that's well, a, a that's, topic for another. That's besides day. the point. But no, I thought this was interesting that he goes to play for Team USA at USA because when I think about the Olympics, it always se- and even in the World Baseball Classic too, it always seems to matter. Just a tick more to the international guys. Well, that's how I felt about the Ryder Cup. The I know U- no one here cares about the Ryder Cup, but I care a lot about the but Ryder Cup. But you care Cup. about the lot about the Ryder Cup. But international guys, like, have you ever seen, like they turn it on another level, guys from Spain, guys yes. from other European countries. Because playing internationally on a stage with Team USA, I thought about this going to the World Baseball Classic in Miami this year. Like, if you're from the Dominican Republic and you're on the national stage going up like the U.S. is like the evil empire of the world, especially when yeah. it comes to sports. And you're from a little country in the Caribbean or, you know, and you're going up against Team USA and you're going toe to toe with them. That's a big deal. Same thing if you're from a country who doesn't produce as much NBA talent as the U.S. to go up against the U.S. is a huge deal. So that's why I find this so fascinating that he must have just, I would think, would have wanted to play for Cameroon. I know he sold it off as his son, you know, is 
American and from the U.S. But I think this is just him wanting to play the Olympics. And yeah, but do you, but do you think he's more going out there to find a new teammate or be recruited? I would say I, I do believe he wants to go recruit a, to, a teammate more so than be recruited. Yeah. I think if he wanted to be recruited, he doesn't strike me as the force's way out guy. I agree. And I think that, that was very evident in his media day uh, press conference where he talked about he was just like he wasn't very like knock down the door. I need to win now. I mean, he was it's like not him. He was more win now, but it was like very. I'm happy to be here. I didn't. I didn't sense. He's a homebody who just wants to play and doesn't really want to be involved. He's not. He's never struck me as a guy who a understands his full power within the organization, or b wants to knock on Daryl Morey or whoever it is door. Yep. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four is how you get in. On the other side, get back to the Phils. Uh, the main topic of conversation. Uh, we got the Phils Braves starting on Saturday. Do you more hope they beat the Braves, or do you now expect this team to beat the Braves? I'm in the camp. Of I expect this team to beat the Braves. Dan Wilson is in the camp of hope. When you call in, make sure you boo him as much as possible. It's Jack Fritz here on Fritz at 6 on Sports Radio 94 WIP. We'll get to more of your phone calls coming up next here on Kind of sound like me uh, heading to break there by Fransky. You know, Sports Radio 94 WIP into ending the segment with WIP. But it happens to the best broadcasters, so, you know, what can you really say? Uh, but welcome on back. Jack Fritz hanging out with you here on WIP. 215-592-9494 is how you get in. Last segment here before we hand things off to uh, Westwood 1 and get into some – just a massive game. Like, you want to hear a sell job? I mean, you got the Washington Commanders against the, the Chicago Bears. I mean, there's two storied franchises. You get to see if the Bears can continue this downward spiral, or spiral if they need a new quarterback – can this uh, Washington Commanders offense uh, do what they did against the Eagles defense last week? I mean, it's just a big matchup. Is Josh Harris going to duck this game too? Yeah, he really did. I mean, he was. I think he was there. He's been a, but no one yeah. had any photos uh, or yeah. video of him. I think that was on purpose. He was just in, in disguise? Where, where no, was I think he said, please don't show me. But someone would have gotten a video of him or something. I don't know. I don't know. He's a pretty influential man. He is, but I don't. He's all over their team social media every other game. Yeah, well, he's not an idiot, Dan. Like, why would well, he? Why would he? There's no win for him there. Like, he's, if he's, he's the owner of the. Co- you own the team. You're going to play here every year. You're never going to show yourself. Eventually, maybe. But right now, with the temperature around the Sixers and the current state of how people feel about the team, probably not the best uh, time for him to show up and be all happy if he's beating a Philadelphia team, especially. If they ended up winning that game, which ultimately they did not. But we played the, the, the clip of Nola there. And you want to talk about a reason to believe and a reason to feel good about this team. It's obviously what Aaron Nola did yesterday. But really, his two starts before that. I mean, he looked really good um, heading down the stretch run here. Apparently, he made some mechanical changes. Just eye test-wise, seemed like he is, he's really, really emphasizing keeping the ball down. I mean, the home runs this year were just out of control. And they were killing them. So... Uh, has done a really good job recently of you know not letting the home run ball kill him. But the other thing that that Nola has really done well recently, and and it's given me a lot of hope here, is there's been times and there's been moments in each of his last couple starts where if you had watched Aaron Nola for a majority of the season, you're saying, okay, here comes the Aaron Nola blow up. It's usually in the rat fourth inning, but um, you know you, you can feel an Aaron Nola kind of blow up in and coming out of nowhere or coming you know, you know, a mile away. So there was the Braves start a couple uh, starts to go down in, in Atlanta where, yeah, he allowed a couple runs, but it never avalanched. It never turned into – it never went from two runs to five runs. He was uh, doing a much better job of managing when, when runners were on base and runs were scoring. He did it really well against the Braves. He did it well against the Pirates. Never let that one really get uh, close. And last night, I mean, they rolled back-to-back double plays in, in, in two straight innings to keep and limit the damage. I didn't even think Aaron Nola had his best stuff last night. Like, I thought Aaron Nola had pretty good stuff, but it wasn't, like, the best I've seen Aaron Nola pitch. And still, to be able to get as deep into that game as he got and manage when runners did, on, did get on base. Did John Birdie absolutely bail them out? Yeah, he totally bailed them out. Um, but to to get two double play balls in back to back innings and not let those kind of snowball in into more runs, like that's big stuff, and that's what he has to do. He has to limit the home runs, and he has to limit when runners get on base, like not allowing four runs across. If you allow a run, not the end of the world. If you allow two, not the end of the world. But but hang around 
and give this offense a chance to come back and win a ball game. That birdie play, I was just say that birdie play went totally under the radar of I mean I understand they put up seven runs I'm not saying it's why they won, but for a guy who's been as bad out of the stretch all year as Nola has been to like run into an out in that situation when he seemed to be losing tr- like losing stallings at the plate and would have had two on one out for the Marlins like that was their chance to jump and they totally ran themselves out of, out of an inning. Yeah, well, well, Nola has kind of changed up what he does with with runners on base now. Like he's been way more slide steppy, where he's he, used he has to, he used to be the full like leg kick guy. Um, so he's kind of changed that up a little bit. Obviously, no excuse. Like John Birdie can't run in that situation, but still, um, Wheeler great in game one. I I like seeing the the velocity get back up to ninety eight again because he's pretty much been sitting ninety six. Now he's getting back up to ninety eight. It's like wow, we have a different version of Zach Wheeler. And then Nola doing what he what he did last. Night. It's it's a it's a reason to believe, and it's part of the reason why I'm no longer just hoping they beat the Braves. I'm going down there, and I'm heading into the series expecting this Phillies team to beat the Braves. I, I when the games roll around, will I be nervous? Of course, we we all get nervous at playoff baseball. But your mindset heading into it, and I think the mindset of the city has totally changed here. I, I don't think this is going to be the G Willikers. I'm glad to be here again. Like, if they lose a playoff series to the Braves, given where this team is at, given how they've played, given um, the current circumstances, it's going to be a, a crushing loss. Like, when they lost last year in in the World Series, it was like, man, but what a run. You know, we I didn't expect that. It was an unbelievable party, uh, memories memories I, I won't forget for a while. You lose a second-round playoff series to the Braves when you're playing as well as you are, it goes from, this is fun, to... The ex, you better get back at this spot next year, and this time get the job done. That's the big difference with the Phillies Braves this time around. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. Do you hope they beat the Braves, or do you expect them to beat the Braves? Mark is in Newcastle. What's happening, Mark? How you doing? Uh, boo Dan. Boo so Dan. Boo Dan. I expect the Phillies to not only beat the Braves, but. Win out all the way through the World Series. Win out? I mean, they're going to lose a game. Well, here's what I mean. Okay. They're going to go on the way games in part of the series. They're going to win at least one of the way games. They're never going to lose a home game. Yeah, I felt most of that last year, too, but I, I did see them get no hit at home. They're a home. lot of better team than last year. They're Everybody's contributing. Mm-hmm. Uh, they got the depth, the talent is amazing they got it yeah and and how do you feel about like saturday though like you go down there ranger in game one are you are you kind of throwing away game one and, and just hoping you win the wheeler start or are you going down there thinking ranger's gonna go shove yeah i don't like that guy <laughs> he, he beats us up so yeah as long as they split the away games i'm confident they're gonna win out all right <laughs> appreciate the call mark um rangers are a uh, philly i just want I want to point that out. Hunter, game one starter, Ranger Suarez, will be in a Phillies uniform, not a Braves uniform. Yeah. Just we're going on the record. Now there is talk of of uh, maybe putting an opener out there because the Braves have a 970 OPS in the first inning. That that first inning, how does it not scare you? What? I mean, they like the Braves' first innings against whoever you throw out there. They just, they just rake. I know. I know. I got it's it. It's very I mean, unsettling to me. I get it, but the the thing about the Braves and, and and really the most important thing for for this Phillies team heading down there is they have to make that ballpark tight. They have to find a way to make that ballpark tight. They did it well last year. Game one, they got out to a, a lead. Ranger wasn't like I think people have a, a an interesting perception of Ranger last year in the postseason. Where it's like, oh my god, he was locked down. He was good after the the first Braves start where. I, I believe he went like four innings, and he like he was all over the. Place. I was pulling up the box score game one today. They went like through seven pitchers in that game. Yeah, like I mean, Brog- they went to Brogdon, they went to Bellotti. Zach was- Eflin had a her, like bad relief appearance. He did. allowed the home run to Matt Olson. Yeah, and then uh, Nick Castellanos bailed him out. And then the analytics team correctly placed Nick Castellanos to save the game. Exactly. So shout was- out to the anal- analytics. Shout team out to the, the analytics guy. So uh, yeah, that was a tight game, and like, well, it shouldn't have been things, a tight game. It shouldn't have been a tight game, but it was. And a lot of things went poorly for the Phillies in that one. Yeah. But what they did early was they they took kind of the, the wind out of the sails of the Braves fans. And I think given what happened last year, given how the Braves players have talked, given how you've heard Braves fans say, I don't really want to play the Phillies, 
going down there and being able to get a lead early and make that place tight and make them just feel like, oh, crap, is it happening again, is imperative, imperative for the Phillies. Like, I think it would be hard for them to, to come back when you're in that scenario. Um, this is one of those things where a lead from, from, from Jump Street and, and step on a throat rather than fight your way back. Hunter is in Trenton. What's happening, Hunter? Hey, guys. Appreciate y'all taking my call. I uh, just got two quick points. I'm going to keep it short and sweet. That way some other people can get on. Uh, first point, uh, I surprised my mom with some tickets to Tuesday's game. Our first time ever being at the stadium for playoff baseball. What'd she and think? I, uh, oh, my God almighty, man. I, I knew for a fact that Philly fans were the best when it comes to baseball fans. But experience that excuse me experiencing it in person was a whole different animal i mean i am not the type of guy to get flustered easily but i caught myself shaking my leg my hands trembling the energy was absolutely unbelievable well the intensity can, the intensity of playoff baseball is just unmatched because every pitch i mean every pitch it can it can just flip and and um you know turn a game on its head so it, it was there were some tense moments in the ballpark. For as much of a party as it turned out to be, there was some some anxiety moments. Oh yeah, no, most certainly, especially when Josh Bell hit that deep oh. drive off Kimbrel. That oh, and I was sitting in uh, section two hundred six. It made my heart drop a little bit, but seeing it bounce off the wall and Castellanos get to it, definitely a little bit of sigh of relief, but definitely a little stressful. But uh, point number two, I fully expect our Philadelphia Phillies to be the Braves in game four. And let me tell you, in game four, Spencer Strider starting in Philadelphia. Now, I think what he said about no fans in baseball, completely think he was just joking around. However, Phillies fans ain't going to care. We are going to be a bunch of rabid, snarling animals when we get into that ballpark in game four. Spencer Strider is not going to know what hit him when the Philadelphia Phillies take it in four, baby. Let's go, Phillies. Let's go, Hunter. Wow. For how that, that call started off to where it turned into that, frankly, didn't see it coming. I mean, an all-time snarl. I don't know. I don't think I've heard that clean of a snarl since like. Uh, I've never the heard camera. any human snarl that. That's cleaner than the camera snarl. Can we confirm that was not a dog that he put up to the phone? I mean that that sounded like that a, was a very trained dog if he did it right on command like that. <laughs> no, he's got a better snarl. I mean, Cameron Conklin. It feels like Conklin could pull that off. We can't pull it off, but um, yeah, I think man Strider here, and we talked about this last night. Uh, you know, the Phillies are a classy organization. They are a first class, you know, one of the best. It's okay to be classless. And I think it would be just an unreal moment if on that big screen, maybe not when Spencer takes the field, I don't know. They know the right time to play it. But the video of him talking about the fans and how he doesn't want them in the ballpark would just create just a rabid animal of a fan base. And um, sure, is it like a bit landed on thick? Sure, for probably what was a joke. But you can't convince me he hasn't thought a ton about last year at that ballpark, the Spencer chance, and how he's not exactly pumped about being back in that ballpark. It's okay to show the video, be classless, and like Buzz and I brought up earlier, we believe. That showing the Braves and, and congratulating them on winning the NL East was all one big setup. You know what would be even funnier, a good bit, if they clinch in four at home in the division series like they did last year, if they flashed the same graphic for winning the division up again. Yeah. That'd, that'd be Lay it on thick. Lay it on. That's, that's the goal here. Shane is in Deptford. What's happening, Shane? Boo! Boo, Dan! Boo, Dan! Dan. After all these cities been through, after what you saw last year, yep. Why don't you have a reason to believe? Why do you hate the Phillies, Buzz? That's like, the main what question. What's wrong with you, Dan? No, I know it's very disappointing. You know what? You know what? A Buzz slash Dan's problem is he's like he's one of these young kids who who likes to play the know it all card and doesn't like to see what is happening in front of his eyes, and that's the disappointing part here, Shane. Pretty unbelievable, isn't it? Like we have Spencer Strider. 
on the ropes. Admitting that he's a mental midget to a bunch of Philadelphia fans. What a mistake. Unbelievable. I'm I'm super fired up for this next series. Phillies in four. Let's ride. (laughs) Love it. Phil's in four. I feel like that's going to be the the mantra, I feel like, Buzz. Phil's in four is the new Sixers in six. Yeah. Yeah. Except this one could actually come true. Yeah. Sixers in six feels like the most hopeful uh, sentence in the English language. In the English language. Yeah, Sixers and six. Well, anyone in six is like an easy prediction to make. It's yeah, like it'll well, be a yeah, good series, but it's not going seven. Exactly. And in, in a five-game series in four. Well, because when you say like when you say a, a basketball team or whoever in five, it's like, ah, you're being overconfident. Gentleman's sweet. Right, right, right. And seven, it's like, oh, you really well, think they're going toe-to-toe. Well, it's a coin flip. And, and seven's like, oh, you don't really believe that. You don't really believe in the team. So six is the middle ground. Exactly. And four right. is that middle ground. Yeah. It's and and it's the belief that this team's not going to lose at home, which I think it's a really really hard place to play. I also saw the Astros come in here and throw a no hitter and then lose a, a crushing game five. By the way, did not appreciate we, the, the, one of the stories of this season for me has been how there's been so many games that have just felt a lot like last year, like individual games. And I did not appreciate Kyle Schwarber ri- ripping a ball down the line. And Josh Bell not being there to scoop it up because I was, I was in the same exact spot where I saw Trey Mancini knock that ball down. And again, Trey Mancini can't play first base, which made it even that much worse. But the the deja vu of being in the same exact spot and and seeing a ball fly down the line and this time it not getting stopped and it, it's just a wild card game rather than Game Five of the World Series was a bit jarring. What a symbolism that maybe they've turned a corner to get those two more wins. Yeah, that's like, a good spin not zone. All, exactly, not all bad things happen. For as much of a buzzkill you, as you've been tonight, that's a good... Well, I'm uh, trying to... Yeah, now you're negative. I just... It's not negative. It just... It was... It was some PTSD. Yeah, for sure. It was deja vu. And I'm not a big deja vu guy. Matt is in Percocet. What's happening, Matt? What's up, Jack? What's going on, man? How do you feel about the Phillies? Are you expecting or hoping? A hundred percent expecting the Phillies. Now, were you, were you in that camp Two months ago? Were you in that camp a month ago, or is it because you saw them in the postseason? I've been in that camp since day one of the season. I've watched every single Phillies game this year. I haven't missed one of them. I've been in this camp all year long. Yeah. I am not afraid of the Braves. Not one bit. Yeah, I mean, listen, they're a great team. I mean, it's not saying they're not, but I just – like, if they – if I was the Braves, I know this is not exactly the the most bold take – but if I was the Braves, I would highly recommend not letting the Phillies be- beat you because now it just turns into like a-, a yearly thing where we're in your head, we know you're coming, and it just empowers yep. Citizens Bank Park even more. Yep, and that's where it should be. And just one thing, because I'm going to talk about the Noel start last night. Mm-hmm. The one thing that I loved about that start is his use of the changeup. Well, he threw it. He threw it four straight times to uh, a rise, I think, early in the game, which. Really showed he, he had never, confidence in that pitch. He never threw. He never threw that pitch before. Yeah, I mean, the last couple starts, he never threw the changeup. And it and was always cutter, two seamer, knuckle curve. Well, never and the changeup. And what he talked about um, in a story, I think Gelbro, he was like talking to Stubbs, and he said Stubbs Stubbs was the one that came to him and was like, "Let's throw the changeup more," because I guess down that start in Atlanta, he felt like he didn't have good command of his of his fastball or his knuckle, knuckle curve. And Stubbs was like, all right, well, let's try the changeup. And ever since that started, the changeup's been back to being one of his best weapons. Right. So what happens is use the changeup. That's what induced the double plays. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, that ball stays down. Yeah, and that's the, that's the key for him. He's got to keep the ball down. If he keeps it down, the ball's obviously not going to leave the ball yard. But it also, yeah, of course, it, it leads to some more double plays. He's he's done a much, much better job of, of doing that. And what, it, what I actually like about what he's doing with his curveballs, you're not seeing – them stay high, like he is making a concerted effort to either miss down and bounce it or put it right where he wants. And and that's yeah. that's smart pitching. Yeah, and I, I, I'm going to be on the record. They need to bring Nola back after this year. I know that all this talk about people not wanting to bring – Nola needs to return to the Phillies after this year. Well, they cannot it, let him walk. Yeah, it's funny, and I appreciate the call, Matt. feels like that whole thing's kind of changed here, Buzz. You know, and – it was a couple of good starts and big spots can change an entire <laughs> city's viewpoint on one guy. Yeah, I mean, it, that's that's how it works. Big games, if you're good, then then you're one of us. And then regular season games, if you're not, you're you're out of here. I'm still, like, if I have a chance, the Noah resign thing comes down to 
is there a, a better guy out there that I can trade for or just pay Aaron Nola? Like, if there's a chance to to go trade for Corbin Burns, I would rather trade for Corbin Burns. But I'm not just giving him away without some kind of backup plan. Like, th- there has to be a good... You're not coming back next year with rotation just short of Aaron Nola not having replaced him. Not at all. Like, like... They've opened a window here, and that's the reality of the situation is that their window to win is right now. You 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 have to go get another ace if you let Nola walk. Like, if, it, if you can go get a Corbin Burns, you can go get, like, I don't know, a Dylan Cease, and maybe you believe in those guys more. They don't have as much, uh, you know, tread on their arms. Then I can, you can sell me on that. Um, but you can't just let him go and expect, like, Ranger to be the two. You have to replace him with someone who's equal or better. I would agree with that. I Thank think that's you. a very level head. By the way, I have the before we get out of here, I have the snarl. Yeah, let's hear that again because this is an all time snarl. Ain't gonna care. We are going to be a bunch of rabid snarling. <laughs> oh man! When we get into that ballpark in Game Four, Spencer Strider is not gonna know what hit him when the Philadelphia Phillies take it in four, baby. Let's go, Phillies! I mean, that is a nasally snarl. Oh man! Like how do how you? How is that even possible? How do you do that? How do you do that? I mean, that sounds like literally. It it doesn't even sound like a dog. It sounds like a a lion. Wow! Like, like a, a wild lion. It's one of the most impressive things I've heard a caller do. I mean, I mean, outside of Leo in Northeast Philly with the uh, the hee haw Elliot impression, um, this is this is more impressive. Maybe well, it not came as out funny. of nowhere again. Like the start of the phone call, I was like took my mom. It was great, and then all of a sudden it was like Brian Dawkins. It's true that the the same caller. Talking about the sentimental enjoyment of bringing his mom to a, a, her first playoff game, and then by the end of the call, is going, "Oh my gosh, it's just I'm not going to do it on the air because I don't think it's, I don't think it'll sound good." But off the air, I don't even know how to attempt that. Uh, I mean, you got to really dig into your, your, your the I think it's the top of your mouth kind of nostrils. Like you know what I'm talking about? Not really. <laughs> so you, you, I don't know. You look like a, I don't even know what you look like. In there. I don't look good. I mean, that, that, that's 100% a fact. Yeah, uh, we'll, we'll practice that tomorrow night, I promise. I will figure out a snarl uh, because that's the kind Before of— Before 6 o'clock. Yeah, that's the kind of intensity I need uh, as we head into Phil's Braves starting on Saturday. Uh, that's going to do it for me. Thanks to everyone that hung out. Dan, boo, 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 trying to be a realist. Imagine being a realist. Who would ever do that? I would never do that with the, with the Eagles, for sure. And the Phillies— uh, listen, they are the greatest. We are so back, and I cannot wait for, for Saturday and down at, at Truist Park, a place again. The Phillies have been pretty good this year. So coming up next, you got some Thursday night football, big matchup. Uh, Bears, Commanders, unfortunately, Dick Butkus just saw he passed away. So obviously a Bears legend passed away at 80 tonight. So, um, yeah, it, it's going to be one, and I'm, I'm going to find a way to bet on it. So thanks for hanging out. I'll be back tomorrow, Marks and Reese and Fritz at 6. Have a good night.